Trying something new today, Steven. You know why we're trying it? I don't know, actually. But I'm happy we're trying it. But, Do you want but, me to tell you why we're trying it? Yes. Well, apparently the... Is this the question of the day? No. <laughs> this is the proclamation of the day. Okay. The podcast gods have declared that the two of us on our own are just not good enough to pull off this question of the day podcast. Well, I think I think the reason is... So, so to, just to cut you off completely, we're having a guest host today... But before we introduce her, we're just oozing with masculinity. So we had a female guest exactly. host. That, you know, when they told us that we needed help, I think what they really meant was that there was so much maleness coming through the radio that it could break radios. No, I mean, testosterone levels have been going up all across the country. For oh, because of us? Yeah, people listening to this podcast. Oh. There's another word for it. Yeah? Mansplaining? Well, I think that we mansplain a lot. You know why? Because we just know so oh. little. <laughs> it's true. So the voice you hear. Uh, we just don't know anything about 51% of the population. Is it, is it just 51? I thought we died so much that it was more like 53. Because we're good at dying. You know, I, I once had a doctor friend say the most fascinating thing. I could never shake it. When he was talking about the high incidence of, let's say, autism and autism spectrum uh, disorders among males and other, and there are other issues that males have, he said, you know, the quality control on males just isn't that high. Wow. Was he referring to, like, China? No, 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 no. This is not selective. This is natural. It's the fact that if you are born a male, like James and I were, because we are not going to carry the next generation, that we can be a little bit off but nature tends to glean because, uh, you know, males are born at a higher rate than females, the idea. And nature tends to glean females more because if they're not really wired good to go, then nature tends to be a little bit more scrupulous. But quality control, he said, and this is a very – I won't name him because it would uh, – because he's very well known. and I, He probably doesn't want to be known for the statement, but but I think there might be something to it. And I think James and I are fantastic examples of, of said theory. Wired Although, and good to go? That describes me. <laughs> so sure. we should, we should, should tell, people, we should no, also tell that, people your name. Yeah, yeah. First. Or, do, or do you want to be – do you want to be on this first episode? Do you want to just be the voice no. with no name? No. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> My name is Manoush Zamarodi. And you're not just Manoush Zamarodi. You are Manoush Zamarodi. <laughs> Manoush, I believe, is Latin for contrarian, for <laughs> gregarious. What, what, no, Manoush, so we should say Manoush is a, a friend. Can I call you a friend? Yeah. I, Stephen, I would hope so. And you're also the host of a really, really good, uh, what do you call it, radio show or podcast? Podcast. Or both? Podcast, podcast called Note to Self. Mm-hmm. The tech show about being human. The tech show about being human. And it's produced by, is it WKRP in Cincinnati? No. No, it's WNYC Studios, the same people who make your other show. WNYC Studios is based in what city then? Is that? I think New York. New York. WNYC. NYC. So Manoush makes a great show called Note to Self. And we thought, James and I thought, it'd be really fun to bring her in as a, um, as a, as a co-questioner on Question of the Day. So welcome. Am I a foil or a co-questioner? Co-questioner. We, uh, don't, we don't really foil each other. Uh, he foils me a little bit more than I foil him. <laughs> okay. I'll be honest with you. But I don't know because you pull out all the those freakish statistics, you know, <laughs> and big words. <laughs> yeah, like I was just gonna say, nature gleans. What do you mean by gleans? There, a glean may have been the. Actually, now that you say it back to me, that was the wrong word. I meant cull. 
All it right, calls. It doesn't glean. Gleans, calls. We got. Get, you got to get your gleans and calls Sorry. straight. Right. Let's people st- are gonna get very upset. Let's start a new society, the glean, glean and call society. Anyway, Manoush, welcome. Yes, thank you. So you know how the show works. We ask each other questions yep. occasionally. We give answers even more occasionally. So yep. do you have a question? I really do. And it? this is something I've been thinking about every, every, every year I go through this. Oh, did you, meaning you really care about this? Oh, yes, oh, very much. Sorry, one other rule. We don't care. No, don't, you have to care. care. This we is, care about the questions. We no, don't care I, about the answers. I, no, but I really want to know. We okay. care, about, okay? e- we care right. about each other. Okay. And now we're going to care about so. you. And even if we don't care about your question, we are going to care about your question because right, so we care I'm about you. I'm glad to see I'm already taking the show in a new direction. <laughs> Um, Okay, here's my question. If the economy stopped growing because we stopped buying crap. Crap? Stuff. Stuff. Consumerism stuff. What would really happen? Like, what would the consequences be? That's fascinating because, believe it or not, I just had this conversation with my 13-year-old daughter, Molly, because— She buys she, a lot of crap? She, no, because she was asking what would happen if there was no Christmas. And mm. mo- I don't know what percentage it is, but an inordinate amount of retail sales for the year happened this month around Christmas. We're, we're aud- taping this around Christmas. So the immediate answer, of course, is like if it just all of a sudden stopped happening, people stopped buying, you know, crap stuff, then— all these businesses would go out of business and jobs would get lost and they'd have to transfer somehow to other skill sets. Are you, is, is, what's the choice set? Is it buying a lot of crap versus buying better stuff or buying a lot of stuff versus no stuff? In other words, when you say crap, you just mean buying stuff, consumerism generally. Yeah, so I got into this with my husband as well and that's what he wanted. He's like, you have to, what are the parameters here? And I was like, well, we need stuff. Like I need a washing machine, right? But instead of everybody being like, oh, you know what? It costs more to get it repaired rather than just buying another one. I think, you know, for me, it's really the ecological implications. Oh, really? Yes, that it's very much about uh, we have tapped the Earth's resources. So really? getting Which rid of stuff. Which resources have we tapped? Landfill? All of it. It's no, too much. No, that's totally what? false. Okay, Stephen, but, okay, Paris. But let's, what? Let, well, let's say, let's say, I know where you're coming from with that, Stephen, but let's just say people— You mean because of the landfill company I own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> how, you're, you're, how do you know where he's coming from? Because Superfreakonomics, he's uh, very contrarian about tapping resources, and there's all sorts of studies, like uh, Julian si- Simon, famous economist, right, the big who bet. basically said, take any basket of commodities, and I'll bet you they'll be down— Ten years from now, and whoever because ever issues that bet tapped. always wins. Not right. not saying that re- not saying that there aren't some things that are finite or exhaustible, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, that is the the in fact there's, because there's always resources that replace the resources well, you think are tapped. And there's technology that I mean, the story that we told in Superfreak was about horse manure, right? Mm-hmm. So N- New York City and London, all these big cities were kind of paralyzed by the byproduct of the main mode of transportation and manufacturing. Horses like were used as the horsepower to manufacture everything. And the smart money of the day, just like the smart money of every era, predicted that there was nothing to come in the future except calamity. That there was no way that this was going to have a good ending other than that we'd have to depopulate our cities because we were so dependent on horses. And yet horses produced so much waste, about 25 pounds of manure a day. And in New York City, where we are today, there were about 200,000 horses to power what I think was a population of about 1.5 million people at the time. So, and everyone was saying, you know, we can't live without them, but we can't live with them. And then what happened is, you know, internal combustion engine and electric streetcars. And, and also the same thing happening now with the internal combustion engine, like oil 
is going to be, you know, nobody talks about peak, we've hit peak supply of oil anymore because we haven't, it, right. it turns out. Yep. And uh, because oil has become, because of technology, oil has become a lot easier to get out of the ground. Like difficult, what used to be difficult oil is now easy oil, so the prices of oil are way down. And look, battery technology is is moving up fast, which could replace wide uses of oil. So, so We just did like five straight minutes of mansplaining. <laughs> That yeah, was kind awesome. of. That yeah. was awesome. Okay, but this hey, is high good. Five. You've Let's helped me. You've <laughs> helped me focus. And but, when I'm not thinking about horses or their manure or any of those things, I'm thinking more of the um, and truly the word is crappy uh, plastic dollhouse right, that right. my daughter got, and but, she's but, gonna love it for a month, and then where uh, the hell but, but, does it go? You know. Here's the thing, though. The other thing is just psychology, like. Americans in particular don't save. Like our, we have a savings rate of zero percent. So it's un-American we, to save. Yeah, it's 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 it is un-American right Literally. now to save. <laughs> and so the que- the question is, are you talking about they stop buying the crappy stuff and they start buying new stuff? Because that's the reality of what would happen. So they they still wouldn't save money. People wouldn't save money. They would just buy other things, or maybe they would buy experiences, or maybe they would buy well, you know, yes, vacations. and that's and that to me, you know, that's the question. How. I think, could we make it so that what you buy has more meaning, doesn't just fill your... So it's a values question in some ways. It's a resources question in other ways. But also, to me, like, the starting point is the economy. Like, because if you're going to see these dreadful short-term effects that people don't have jobs and we end up importing more, whatever, then could we ever get to a place where we don't put consumerism first? I think... So what I think is really interesting about your question is that presupposes that it's a choice, that a different choice could produce a different economic scenario. But I think it's kind of the opposite. I think it's that because it's not that it isn't a choice, but it is plainly the choice that people make. In other words, it's not that the economy has been built in such a way that it would collapse if people did the thing that they really want to do. It's that people are doing the thing that they really want to do, and the economy has sprung up to greet that. We'll dig even deeper into this question of the day right after this. Hey, everybody, it's Paul Shear. I have a podcast with June Diane Raphael and Jason Manzukis where we watch the worst movies ever made. And then we try to figure out how did this get made? Do we get answers? No, but I think it's a fun time. It's kind of like talking with all your friends after you watch a really shitty movie. Here, take a listen. From Look. what I know of tornadoes, they're, <laughs> they're wind, essentially. Yes. That's picture. And what do you know of oh, tornadoes? I'm about to tell you. June was an amateur storm <laughs> chaser. Go ahead. Wind starts to sort of pick up dirt and debris, and it kind of <laughs> you, collapses you in. You know nothing about <laughs> tornadoes. No, 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 no like, keep, let her go. Like, listen to How Did This Get Made on Earwolf or your favorite podcast app. We would love it if you did. I disagree with that. I mean, I really do. Like, really? I just, yeah, I do. Like, I think when I was growing up in the 80s, right, what did you do on the weekends? Mall. Went, yeah, exactly. Quaker Bridge Mall Quaker near Princeton. Bridge Mall, man. Totally. <laughs> you, guys, you guys may have We're made out there. Honest. We may have, or maybe did, played Ms. Pac-Man. Did you go to, there was, was there an, an Orange Br- Julius? I don't remember an there Orange There was no was, Orange Julius. There was an arcade, and it was next to, like, a donut place. Was there a Spencer's? Really and the movie theater. Yes, yeah, there was a Spencer's. The street, there was a Spencer's. There was a, a Dalton bookseller. Was there a merry-go-round? Walden books? No no merry-go-round. There was a, some fountains. Some fountains. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's on the them. second floor. No, totally. wait. I want to get across from the Woolworths. Do you there you go. That? There was a the Woolworths limit. in the mall. Yeah. Fancy I mall. I love the Woolworths. Yeah. I love the Woolworths. So wait, I want to go back. So so the question is, what would happen to the economy if we started buying a lot less quote crap? Well, That's the question. But, but I don't know. I, again, I don't think the the economy would change. It's sort of like the manure question. 
an entire industry got lost, but then everybody, because it was a not a similar skill set, but similar skill level to go from horse manure or horse whatever carriage manufacturer. Right. To if you worked in a horse, if mechanic, you worked in a barn, theoretically, you could work in an auto factory. But right, that's but, a different. Right. Exactly. So right. I think it's more about um, this idea that growth is the only way forward. Like, right. sorry, we just have to keep growing, and so this is the way that America does it. Right. I always do look at the numbers. Like, when I first started reading about and learning about economics and the economy and stuff, it did always seem weird to me that if a company or an economy or a, or a stock didn't grow, then it was considered a failure. And I always thought, what's wrong with maintenance, like maintaining? Completely. And there are a lot of people who argue that the sanest way forward in the global economy is economic sustainability, the way that people think about uh-huh. environmental sustainability. On the other hand, the reason that growth is a key component of all that is simply because populations grow, because the world has not gotten – Look, we might say the world has gotten so much better that now there are 7 billion people who have had parents elect to put them there. So to me, that's a really strong piece of evidence that the world is good enough for people to want to be in it. Therefore, that implies growth, which implies that, yes, if you're in commerce or in economics somehow, that if you're not, quote, growing, then you are failing. So I don't think the notion of growth is as assailable as you made it sound, although I certainly— feel the sentiment. But, but see, I that like sounds your... un-American, right? To say, like, America, things are just fine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're never going to say that, right? It's this idea of, like, yeah. you're patriotic because you filled that damn cart on Amazon and see, one I click. See, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you may be right. I don't think that many people believe... Here's what economists would say, at least. And, look, I love economics. It has many, many, many flaws. But I think one way in which economics is pretty good, it's it's sorting out preferences, declared preferences and revealed preferences, like what people say they want and what people do. So a lot of people might say, you know, I don't want to do as much of this stuff. I don't mm. want to be as commercial a person. But if you look at what people actually do, well, they buy a lot of stuff. Oh, God, right? I just completely disagree with you. Since I have a podcast where I specifically look at how technology and websites and all these places develop and design their websites so that the people don't even know that they are being moved psychologically through a website and prompted and all their buttons are being pushed, literally, that things look juicy or mm. sexy or whatever, and then they spend money. Like, I think there is equal— I think it's an interesting point that advertising, which is the whole culture of advertising, has created this built-in inflation. Because why do you pay extra for something that has a known brand as opposed to not a known brand? And now the internet and technology take it one step further by knowing exactly where you're looking at, so they put the buttons in the right place to get you to buy more. So, so there is this extra kind of built-in inflation created by— these technology-driven selling techniques. But all of this sounds like the high-level, to me, slightly paternalistic view of, you know, poor people are getting misled into doing things that they either don't want to do or shouldn't be doing. And while that may be true in some part, I also think that that really denies the primacy of, you know, an informed conscience and or any conscience. Forget about informed and that people get what they want because they want it. Doesn't mean they don't make choices that end up hurting them a lot. Absolutely. But I mean, I think when you first asked your question, I thought you were asking about the difference between buying, quote, crap stuff and high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. So like if I have the choice between buying a thing that costs me $10 that I'm going to get Y use out of and a thing that costs me $100 and I might get 12 Y use out Mm -hmm. of, I think that is a calculation that 
many people don't make. Yes, ever. I agree. Mm-hmm. And I think it's and I think that we do get what's the word? We're we're super price sensitive. And, and we see the lower number and we think that that is the most important. Like my mom, when I was a kid, she would drive like eight extra miles to the gas station that was two cents cheaper a gallon. And even <laughs> as a kid, I would I would do the math and say to her, Mom, you realize, I mean, the, I, the paradox was she only did it when gas got really expensive. So when you do it when gas is really expensive, you're using more even gas more. to get to the place. And yet that is a mindset that is extremely common. And I think that to me is the bad mindset. It's like if you're thinking about investing in yourself, like I have an hour right now. Do I want to buy crap with it? In other words, do I want to consume something that's going to have no payoff? Or do I want to buy something really meaningful, a conversation, an experience, a learning thing? To me, that's that's the way that I like to think about getting more for your, quote, money or your value, whether it's money or time. The hardest time I have with that and this is a weird confession, but is fashion. Like, there's some really cute, cheap stuff out there, but I know it's going to fall apart after I wear it three times. I know it's made by, like, small children who aren't being treated right. I know that they're, you know— So you're my, saying My that, daughters are sewing, sewing them right now. No, easy. no, not your daughters. So like, you, Manoush Zamarodi, who works for public radio station WNYC, are admitting that you wear clothing made by slave laborers that falls apart after three wearings. Well, if, you know— NC. Yeah, yes. No, but I don't want— Okay, what if I said me, Manoush Zamarodi, works for public radio, went and bought a $1,200 coat that I expect to wear for the next 20 years? Love that. Yeah, but, like, I, that's a big investment, you know? Like, oh, because of— Because it's $1,200. It's up front. You're walking into a really nice store. That doesn't really fit the way I see myself because either. Because of the public radio part? Just all of it. That seems very I think we've got to get Manoush a new job because I think she needs <laughs> yeah, a new coat. How, for how are you getting, affording a $1,200 coat uh, working for public radio? Well, you know, they they turn on the microphone and say, hey, we, you know, do you like this show? We— <laughs> We, if you like this show and all don't the other shows, don't listen to him, listener. Please and don't say, listen. And they say, and they say it's for the, um, they say it's it's really the coat <laughs> it's fund. It's my coat fund. It's the Manoush Zamarodi Winter is, Coat Fund. My point is, okay, maybe not $1,200, but to buy a really nice coat, right? Like a winter coat that you are going to wear for the next 20 years right. that has got a classic cut that's not going to go out of fashion. It's going to set you back as opposed to what people do now. I see them Every day, you know, they go into Mango or Forever 21 or whatever, and they buy something that looks great, but they're only going to wear it this season. That's it. But I think think you're kind of answering—we're all kind of saying the same thing, though, basically, which is that people might stop buying crap, or they're going to buy something— you, you, Stephen, you mentioned they're going to buy time, or they might buy. I mean, they might buy experiences. They might buy more qu- higher quality items. But the economy itself is not going to shift, and that historically has never. It's even when it shifted downward a little bit, like in 1933 or in 2009, still came back roaring strong. Uh-huh. So, and that just tends to be what's happened. I mean, it could change in the future, but for the past 200 years, that's what's happened every time there's been deflation. All right, Manoush, here's my real question of the yeah. day for you then. When you raise this money through the public radio coffers, <laughs> is it going to be shearling or fur? That's what I want to know. Neither. Good cloth coat. Really nicely cut, though. We'll answer another question tomorrow. Hear what it is after this. Hey, everybody. It's Paul Shear. What? I have a podcast with June Diane Raphael and Jason Manzukas. This kid's story is... We watch the worst movies ever made. It's baffling. And it could not have gotten it more wrong. And then we try to figure out 
How did this get made? I felt sick. I felt really <laughs> upset. Boom. Happening? Boom. Nailed it. What exactly is a street fighter? <laughs> Listen to How Did This Get Made on Earwolf or your favorite podcast app. We would love it if you did. You have questions about next time's question? Here's a hint. How do you respond to feedback, negative or positive? Because it strikes me that everybody says that they want feedback, you know, constructive criticism, but Mm. it's hard to say if they do. So I'd love to hear from you, Manoush and James, about how you respond. Hey, 